RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. Carrie Lamb says protest violence has entered school campuses. The chief executive also claims the Sunday's mass rally proves that human rights here haven't been eroded. And there are fears that as many as 13 people died in a volcanic eruption off New Zealand. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she's ordered the education secretary, Kevin Young, to seriously follow up on any teachers arrested or have found to have violated rules as she fears violence has now infected the city's schools. Samantha Butler reports. Mrs Lamb noted that 40% of the 6,000 or so people arrested over the past six months of protests were students. She said she was very worried to see that the arrests included children from about 300 secondary schools. She said she was aware that a teacher and several pupils were arrested yesterday on suspicion of trying to set up roadblocks in Shengshui. Also yesterday, police said they had discovered homemade bombs near Waiyan College in Wanshai. Mrs Lamb said violence was now entering school campuses and this would affect the safety of pupils and their parents. This is why she said she had tasked Education Secretary Kevin Young with following up on teachers who'd been arrested. She didn't elaborate. Mrs Lamb also said that last Sunday's mass rally against the government showed that people's rights and freedoms here haven't been eroded. We have seen a relatively calm and peaceful protest on Sunday. Uh, this reflects the freedoms that Hong Kong people are enjoying. And so I hope that this, um, this uh, phenomenon will go also to abroad to show that Hong Kong is upholding all the rights and freedoms of Hong Kong people. So all those accusations uh, uh, from various quarters that we are eroding people's freedoms are unsubstantiated. The chief executive said she should apologise to members of the pro-establishment camp for their crushing defeat in recent district elections. She said people didn't consider the district work of pro-government candidates and only used their votes to express dissatisfaction with her government. Meanwhile, the Waiyan College has denied any prior knowledge of the two homemade bombs found on its Wan Chai campus on Queen's Road East last night. It said the site belongs to the school but is an open area with public access outside its gates. Police acted on a tip-off from a cleaner who had reported seeing suspicious packages. There have been renewed calls for the release of Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavel, one year on from the arrest of the two Canadians in China. Beijing said the two men are being held in accordance with the law and has asked Ottawa not to interfere in the case. The BBC's Michael Bristow. When he was detained, Michael Kovig was working for the International Crisis Group, gathering information about China's attitude towards global conflicts. Michael Spavo is a businessman with close links to North Korea. They've both been accused of spying, although neither has been formally charged, and there are no details of the allegations against them. Their detention came just days after the arrest of the Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou in Canada. Some accused China of holding the Canadians in retaliation. Robert Malley, the president of the International Crisis Group, said both men should be released immediately. While Ms Mung has been released on bail and is living in one of her two Vancouver homes, the Canadians are being held in very different conditions. They've not had access to a lawyer or their families and receive only short consular visits about once a month. China says the two men are being held in accordance with the law and has asked Canada not to interfere in the case. There are fears as many as 13 people died when a volcano erupted on a small island off New Zealand yesterday afternoon. Five deaths have been confirmed and the New Zealand authorities say eight others are missing. 
The Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, said several of his nationals remain unaccounted for. Yesterday there were 24 Australians enjoying a wonderful cruise uh, in New Zealand and they took the option of, of a tour uh, to White Island. There are 11 Australians that are still unaccounted for and that we fear of the five deceased persons that three of those, up to three, uh, are Australians but that is not yet confirmed. The technology giant Apple has told a court in California it has deep concerns that two Chinese-born former employees accused of stealing trade secrets will try to flee before their trials if their locations are not monitored. Zhang Xiaolang and Chen Jizong were arrested separately while preparing to fly to China. They'd be working on Apple's self-driving car project. Federal prosecutors argued it would be difficult, if not impossible, for federal officials to secure their extradition for trial if they went to China. The watchdog that oversees the United States Justice Department says political bias played no part in the FBI inquiry into possible collusion between Russia and Donald Trump's 2016 election campaign. But the report did find numerous procedural errors and criticised the FBI's use of secret warrants. Mr Trump has said the watchdog uncovered disgraceful dishonesty, which had been, in his words, an attempted overthrow. The report actually, and especially when you look into it and the details of the report, are far worse than anything I would have even imagined. What they were doing and what they would have done if I didn't make a certain move, a certain move that was a very important move, because it would have been even worse if that's possible. And they might have been able to succeed. This was an overthrow of government. This was an attempted overthrow. And a lot of people were in on it. And they got caught. However, the report has dismissed Mr Trump's frequent claims that he was victimised and spied upon. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee said President Trump's conduct is a threat to the United States and clearly impeachable. Concluding his panel's hearing, Gerald Nadler said Mr Trump endangered the country's elections and the democratic system of government. But Mr Trump's fellow Republicans complained the process was politically driven. A Republican member of the House Judiciary Committee, Doug Collins, said the Democrats were desperate to stop Mr. Trump from being re-elected. The economy is good, job creation is up, military is strong, our country is safe. And the Judiciary Committee has been relegated to this. And at the end of the day, all this is about is about a clock and a calendar because they can't get over the fact Donald Trump is President of the United States and they don't have a candidate that they think can beat him. Two government ministers in Canada say the country will press ahead with attacks on US tech giants despite likely objections from the Trump administration. Companies such as Google, Amazon and Facebook would have to pay their fair share of taxes. During Canada's recent election campaign, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called for a 3% tax on the big digital firms. The Ukrainian and Russian presidents Vladimir Zelensky and Vladimir Putin have agreed to try to implement a ceasefire in eastern Ukraine before the end of the year. The two leaders met for the first time at a summit in Paris, but there was no agreement on issues such as the withdrawal of Russian-backed forces, and Mr Zelensky said very little had been achieved. He insisted no concessions over territory were possible. 
I would like to outline a number of principles which I will never violate as a president of Ukraine and with which Ukrainian people will never agree. Ukraine is a unitary state. There can be no compromises on settlement of the situation in eastern Ukraine under the conditions of territorial concessions by Ukraine within its internationally recognized borders. Mr. Putin said he wanted a change in Ukraine's constitution to give special status to the Donbass region. Researchers have listed the world's most important water towers, the systems of high-level reservoirs of water such as glaciers. They say the Indus Water Tower, which supports more than 200 million people downstream in Afghanistan, China, India and Pakistan, is the most vulnerable. The BBC's Jonathan Amos explains why the Indus system is so significant. That water has its origin in glaciers and lakes in mountains such as the Himalayas and the Karakoram. This dependable supply makes the Indus the single most important natural water tower system on Earth, scientists say. They've identified 77 other such systems around the globe. Many face an uncertain future, however, as climate warming shrinks their glacier stores and geopolitical tensions disrupt the share of water crossing national boundaries. Urgent policies are needed to protect mountain regions, they argue, to ensure the water supplies are maintained. And scientists have warned that global warming is a threat to food supplies because of the heightened risk that more than one grain-producing region could be affected by bad weather at the same time. The scientists say normally one crop region can compensate for failure in another, but more frequent extreme weather conditions are making this backup system less dependable. South Africa has announced substantial nationwide power cuts after 10% of the electricity grid was switched off. Officials are blaming heavy rain for problems at coal power stations and say they're implementing a system of rationing. Here's the BBC's Andrew Harding. Mr Ramaphosa insisted his government was taking the necessary steps to fix ESCOM and other state companies like the National Airline, which is now teetering on the brink of bankruptcy. But critics of the governing ANC say the power cuts, known here as load shedding, are proof that the party, after 25 years in office, is now failing the most basic tests of governance. Former Federal Reserve Chairman Paul Volcker, who tackled American inflation in the 1970s and 80s and later lent his name to landmark Wall Street reforms, has died in New York. He was 92. Sean Kennedy reports. Paul Volcker headed the U.S. Central Bank from 1979 to 1987 and forged a career as a financier and fiercely independent public servant. He was a Democrat but advised American leaders of both major parties, starting with Richard Nixon in 1971 at the U.S. Treasury, where he helped guide the U.S. exit from the gold standard. He also advised Barack Obama in 2008 when he called for stricter banking regulation in the wake of the global financial crisis but he made his deepest mark as Federal Reserve Chairman, first under Jimmy Carter and then Ronald Reagan, raising interest rates from 11% to 20% to beat rampant inflation, which he ultimately tamed. Financial news now and consumer prices across the border have risen at their fastest pace in almost eight years, driven mainly by a surge in pork prices. The Consumer Price Index, a key gauge of retail inflation, came in at 4.5% for last month, up from 3.8% in November. 
And in currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.61 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents, while the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 29 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,477, 17 points down on the previous close. And now, with the latest sports news, here's Adam Jung. Three goals in nine minutes have seen Arsenal win for the first time in ten games. They came from behind to beat West Ham United 3-1 in the English Premier League. The Gunners lit up on the hour mark with goals from Gabriel Martinelli, Nicolas Pepe and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. It was a first win for Arsenal's interim boss, Freddie Lundberg. The former West Ham goalkeeper Rob Green says the turnaround was mirrored in the body language of the players and in Lundberg himself. He's got younger by about 20 years, hasn't he? In the space of about 20 minutes. I mean, confidence is an amazing thing in football and you just saw this confidence being sucked out of the Arsenal players and hit Freddie Lundberg himself. And then within seconds, it was complete role reversal and the West Ham players are basically ghosts on the pitch and uh, it, it was it was a it was an incredible spectacle even if the quality wasn't there to the champions league and liverpool boss jurgen klopp has described the last of his side's group games as a final liverpool beat salzburg 4-3 earlier in the campaign but the austrian side can knock them out tonight if they match or better that result or napoli fail to beat gank i said it before Two weeks ago, Salzburg was very happy that they won against Genk and we played draw against Napoli because they thought so now they have the, the, the final against us. Napoli was really happy that night because they got a point again, um, at Enfield and thought they only have to play Genk next week in a home game. So two weeks later, everybody knows it's a final. So we knew it since two weeks and we are, we are prepared for that. That's what we have to say. So the Salzburg has to win against us, has to win against Liverpool. It's not that we come here and think we have to dominate Salzburg. We will fight in each challenge, 100%. What Salzburg did at Anfield. Chelsea must win their final game in order to reach the last 16. Chelsea host Lille at Stamford Bridge tonight. Ajax and Valencia play in that group's other game. Ajax need only a point to progress. Valencia will need to match Chelsea's result. Inter Milan and Borussia Dortmund are in a fight for second place in Group F. Inter host Barcelona, who have already won the group. Dortmund play at home to Slavia Prague. The NBA star Paul George was booed on his first trip to Indianapolis for the LA Clippers, but responded by dropping a season-high seven threes against his former team. The Clippers beat the Pacers 110-99 without Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. George got the green light to score at will and he led LA with 36 points. Elsewhere, the Milwaukee Bucks extended their winning streak to 14 games. They beat the Orlando Magic 110-101. to And that's your look at sports. Thanks to Adam Chung there. Now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Carrie Lam says protest violence has entered school campuses. The chief executive also claims Sunday's mass rally proves that human rights here haven't been eroded. And there are fears as many as 13 people died in a volcanic eruption off New Zealand. The news from RTHK.
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Osmani. My thanks to Phil for the morning brew. 
And on the show today, after 1.30, our second glimpse into the festive season of entertainment lined up for you at the K11 Museum. Yesterday, we talked dance and costumes. Today, we take you into the world of opera and beatbox. I can't wait. Joining me in the studio will be Michelle Lang and beatboxer Hart Gray, who are all set to give you an experience to remember this Christmas at K11 Museum's Cultural Muse Encounter. And then just after 2pm, Tuesday reporter Andrew Dambina interviews Nicholas Heath, co-founder of the Vintage Port Academy.